Welcome to Grown Dad Business. This is a special episode today, uh, but in the intro, I'm still here with uh, Jason Clark. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Uh, had a great interview, Jason. You did uh, with uh, with my friend Josh Blue. Yeah, uh, he is a winner of Last Comic Standing. He also has dabbled into music. Uh, if you want to really? listen to some music episodes, nice. we we talk about that stuff. Yeah, uh, coming soon or before this. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Uh, but no, Josh and I had a really fun conversation because we were stuck in a car together for hours. Yeah. And I forced him to do a podcast. Oh, uh, no, here's what happens is uh, Josh and I can never get to do a podcast because we goof off so much. Right. That we're like, oh, we'll do it after the show. And then it's midnight and, and we've had a, some Budweiser's yeah. and uh, <laughs> we're, we're enhanced. We're, we're yeah. chemically enhanced and yeah. we're like, uh, this is a, we can't do a podcast yeah, now. Yeah, don't do this. Uh, and then we're like, oh, we'll do one tomorrow. And then it's noon and then we eat and we're like we're taking a nap and then doing a show and it's like ah crap so we're like hey we're stuck in a car and josh is like let's do the podcast yeah and i'm like great idea yeah but uh we have some really good conversations uh about josh being a disabled parent which i think is incredible i think that you know when we were talking when you were with him and it's just it's just a great idea to get that perspective yeah. and, and and get an understanding and, of and josh is a single parent now yeah he got divorced he has his two kids who are my kids' ages almost, you mm-hmm. know. They're like nine and seven. And, uh, and you know, when he's at home, he's a single dad yeah, with his kids. And he has cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, he, you know, if some of you guys know Josh Blue, you could look him up. You can watch great, a video great of him. Great comic. God, a, he's a so A hilarious funny. comedian who really travels the world and basically makes fun of his disability. But also, you know, kind of encourages you. He does huge huge like huge conferences and you know speaks for all he's an advocate he's an advocate at the same time he is fun the thing that you know you say makes fun of i think more of the understanding that josh does has done a great job of making again as a great comic looking at something that is a challenge sure and making comedy out of it and then also advocates right absolutely um and it's a great podcast i think it's a lot of fun it's a great interview and yeah um, man it's it's a neat thing to just be like oh my gosh wait I'm like, being a single dad would be hard. What's that like when you cannot drive and have cerebral palsy? Yeah. Like, how? what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's not Jason Clark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit this one out, kids. He's going to sit this one out. This is uh, me and my friend Josh Blue in the car. Hmm. Hmm. Granddad business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello. Underpants. That is hilarious. She should mouth you. Great interview this podcast while well, my daddy will go into a deep depression. <laughs> Grown Dad Business with Aaron Cliver. Boom. This is Grown Dad Business. I'm here with longtime friend and dad. Josh Blue, everyone. It's my friend Josh Blue. Hey, how you doing, man? What's up? <laughs> hey, man. I like how you just greeted me like you were like saw me at the airport. Like that happens frequently, oh, actually. Hey, what's up, dude? Josh is also the the friend that I see the most at airports. And we have we happen to be on the same airport schedule sometimes. And we just happen to be in the same car together right now. And we're in the same car right yeah. now because uh, right now we are touring through uh, New Jersey and Delaware and uh, Baltimore. Maryland and North Carolina. He's dropping me off in Baltimore right now. So that's right. <laughs> I agreed to do this shit. <laughs> yeah, that's how I I, I I have to force Josh to sit in the car with me. No, because last time 
the last the couple times I'm like, hey, let's podcast. Then we just end up having adult beverages and then forgetting about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what happens. That's what I try to have happen. <laughs> and then it's 11 p.m. And then I'm like, hey, I'm tight, tight. hey, Josh, you want to do the podcast? <laughs> and you're like, yeah. And then you start talking into a lamp. And then, uh, and then I'm like, that's hilarious. And then we're like, we just did a podcast. And then I realized you were talking into a lamp. That's yep. what happens. I have a feeling that's how a lot of these go, man. <laughs> but yeah, mostly. I'm usually with my, bu- my dad buddy, Jason. Uh, okay. And uh, Josh gets to be my dad buddy this weekend. Yay. But you, dude, I, we always have really fun conversations about you as a dad because you, you experience so many different things. Like, you, you talk about it a lot on stage. You talk about on stage being a disabled dad, you right. know? Yeah. And uh, for some of you that don't know Josh, uh, Josh has cerebral palsy, oh, which you're is, good. You're good. which yeah, I, I know I know how to pronounce it. But, cerebral um, or cerebral. Whatever, yeah. It Potato, depends on where you're Potato, from. Potato, you know? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people uh, think that when you have uh, cerebral palsy that you are mentally disabled. Right. But Josh is one of the quickest people I've ever met. There's uh well there's just a preconceived idea of anyone with any sort of disability. Sure. They just kind of clump us all together as like not legitimate human beings almost. So. I think there was a a party in the in the 30s and 40s that said that about people. So Probably. if you think that way, you're a terrible person. You're a fucking idiot. All right. <laughs> anyway, um yeah, I mean and I'll tell you I definitely get a lot of uh looks or um you know as a dad, like when I had kids, you know, you see me coming down the street pushing a stroller. <laughs> when you look in the stroller, you're expecting to see a bucket of doorknobs, not a <laughs> real baby. Like there. you're just pushing around your kids, and they're like, hey, there's the can man. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no. he Wait. Like, do they know he has those Asian babies? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, it is kind of funny when you're pushing around your kids in a stroller and they're little Asian babies, little right. Japanese babies. Right, half Japs. Yeah, half Japs. <laughs> I, am I allowed, I'm not allowed to say that. No, I uh, can't because they're mine and I made them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Josh's ex-wife is uh, Japanese. Yeah, if you didn't catch so on to that, that yeah. then you probably shouldn't listen to the rest of this. Yeah, that doesn't make sense yeah. if you don't know that. Uh, but it also is kind of funny if they don't know and you're like, where did he get Japanese babies from? You can just... Well, I mean, you can just get them. Yeah, you just go to a certain part of your uh, neighborhood where they uh, sell wontons, I guess. I have no <laughs> idea. That sounds terrible. Okay. Yeah, wontons are not <laughs> Japanese. No, they're not at all. They're Chinese, right? Anyway, you racist. What are they? What, I don't know. P- what, poutine? Delicious. What is, it? is that Japanese? Delicious. They are delicious. You just go to a sushi restaurant, okay, yeah. and <laughs> you knock three times. And then you don't get kids. They just hand you a mogwai. That's what they exactly. hand you at a sushi restaurant. That's from Gremlins. Okay. <laughs> I, w- I worked that out too much in my head. Yeah, you really did. Man. Yeah, I. Uh, so what? Like, what are some of the things that you kind of go through as a disabled dad? Like, well, for instance, you were like, you were just talking about how like your kids have to do so many things, right. and you don't drive. Right, I don't drive, so getting them to uh, all the bullshit like <laughs> soccer practice and swim is really like a hard process for me. And I'm happy to do it because I love these people more than anything. It just is another step in the process of raising two amazing people. So I know. Um, Uber loves you around your yeah, house. Yeah, I definitely drop a lot of money on Uber, <laughs> for sure. Um, but again, I'm just fortunate that I'm able to afford that and do that. Otherwise, I'd be doing it all on the bus or whatever. I know. Like, I... 
I, uh, I'm stressed out. I'm sure my wife is stressed out being a stay-at-home mom. My wife. My wife. Uh, uh, I can't imagine splitting time with your kids, being on the road, and not being able to drive. Yeah, because I, um, I am divorced as well. So I, I have 50% custody, um, which is amazing, and I love being a dad more than anything. Right. But, um, you know, I'm on the road most of the week and then when i'm home i just go into being full-time dad right and um there's really very little downtime for me right Uh, oh yeah it's a thing we go through that where i was just telling you that you know i will i will be on the road and then i will go home and then immediately have to cut two acres of grass and you know take my kids places and uh oh we're crossing a bridge that has a really nice view. This is really pretty. Entering uh Baltimore. This is really nice. Oh, lovely. Look at this, guys. This yeah. is nice. Oh, and by the way, uh in the back seat, I just want to uh our son, our son is in the back seat, Colin Chamberlain. Yeah. He's a cute kid. He's a I nice love guy. Child. Uh, he's, he's a cute guy. He's he's been emceeing for this this us this week. Um yeah. Uh, yeah, enough about him. Yeah, enough about that guy. Uh, he's a funny kid. This is beautiful, really. This is really nice. Anyway. Just two dads on a ride. Just dads on a ride. Dads on a ride. Um, you know, um, so being a disabled dad is, is like I said, I have two kids and one good arm. Like, you do the <laughs> yeah. math on that. Yeah, I know. You know. Uh, you know, I make dinners. My kids are also very self-reliant. Um, yeah. They, they're, Ooh, good. I've taught them to do things not just for themselves, but for me, too. Do you think that's a thing? I know you do a joke about how you have a seven-year-old daughter and she cooks dinner and that's cool. <laughs> like, right, yeah, well, somebody needs to be in charge. Yeah. Well, is it? But is it? Do you think your kids learn from you to be more self-reliant because they like they see dad struggling with things and you find a way to do things? I don't know that they necessarily even recognize it as me struggling, right? Because this is all they've ever known. So oh, it's just they don't uh, know okay. that other dads can just do things. Right. You know? Right. Oh, right. Uh, but here's how I look at, and I've always kind of looked at this. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in Africa as a young man. And You uh, are African-American. I was born in Africa, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, the thing I saw was, you know, kids, uh, my, my kids' age, like nine and seven, like a nine-year-old in Africa would have a machete and be cutting wood for the family's oh, right. meal. And the seven-year-old girl would be taking care of an infant. Yeah. So... I think in our society wow. we, we put these oh kids can't do these things because they're just little kids and in fact most of the rest of the world kids are very self reliant right very they have to contribute to yeah. the household. So. That's a great point. You're right because I I I have a uh, I I went to college. Well, some people yeah, do. I went to a, <laughs> some people I know went to a Christian college and and uh, I I spent a lot of time with kids in college that were missionary kids. And you were a missionary kid. And I knew one of my friends that was like, oh, yeah, we would have to walk around when I was eight years old with a twenty two rifle. Right. Like, because of, like, you'd get eaten by a snake or you'd get attacked by an animal. Right. And it's like you're eight years old walking around with a twenty two rifle just like it's a normal thing or a machete, you know. It's well, like, oh, we're going out to play. Honey, make sure you take the machete. Right. <laughs> like, well, what? Well, our society has made uh, kids into these little useless pieces of shit here. I mean, you, know, uh, you said it here first. Uh, Me and Jason usually say that, but in other words, but you're not wrong. Right. It's um, it's just so... I, I don't know. I, I see the, the lack of um, responsibility that our kids are given 
at a young age, and then it carries Absolutely. through to adulthood. Like we're raising a, a culture of of very like dependent people that need a lot of uh, right help. You know, I don't know. It's interesting. It makes that's a neat way to look at that. Like, like I, you know, I I try to make my kids dependent because my wife and I are just like, hey, this is we naturally grew up like I grew up a latchkey kid taking care of my sister right. and you know my wife grew up just being a helpful member of her family that's the way her sure. parents raised her right so we raise our kids in a way where it's like oh no you're gonna do chores and you're gonna help around the house right. and you know I even kid around like my son like has a birthday and he's turning you know six years old and I'm like all right buddy now time to deliver pizza on your big wheel you know right and my kids know that they have to contribute and be part of the family. Well, I also have them be a part of my career. Like, I'll come home and, yeah. uh, you know, I'll have my son count my merch money and, like, okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then explain, like, this is how I feed you guys is by yes. going out and working and how do I get paid. You're and, absolutely and, right. And let them in and, and you know, works on numbers and, uh, you know. My, yeah. And I have them take the plastic off the DVDs for me and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. do all kinds of stuff to help uh, see that it really is a process to live. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're at, you know what's funny? I do it with my kids. I do, uh, I, uh, I tell them how many jokes I have to tell to pay for things. <laughs> That's like, I'm like, I'm like, daddy has to go do jokes for three hours to pay for this. Right. Or like, we'd go out to dinner, like, we want to go here, daddy, let's go out to dinner or let's go get ice cream. And I'm like, that's 20 minutes of jokes right, right there. Right. Like, Daddy got to go do jokes tonight to pay for this ice cream. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll try to tell him that one, too. Yeah. Do you know how much I have to bitch and complain about you guys on stage to pay for this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It also, I always say on stage, isn't it an amazing thing uh, that, like, I say on stage, I think I said it last night, where you're like, hey, guys. My job is that I found a way to bitch and complain about my wife and kids, and then they pay me. That's awesome. I mean, right? And for you, it's like you get to just complain about your kids and and also make fun of your disability, and they pay you for it. Right. Well, it is an amazing thing, and I feel very fortunate that I am able to uh, it's crazy, right? get this out there. Because if I didn't, then I'd probably be arrested by now or something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and then, so... I'll tell you this As a disabled person Yeah You know My whole life When I was a kid I always knew That I wanted to be a dad Right But I didn't really Wasn't sure about The husband part You know I, Right I I love women And all that But uh, <laughs> Sure I, I'm Much happier As a single parent Yeah And it sounds weird But I really enjoy it Even though there are So many obstacles with it Right Now that being said as a disabled person, um, I get um, so many letters, emails. Uh, after the show, people talk to me about disability, and they say, hey, yeah. you know, what advice would you give me? My son has this or that right. or all kinds of different disabilities. And um, to me, it's a really um, it's interesting watching parents, like, struggle with knowing that their kid's okay but also that right. they're not okay in society standards right uh, and to me what I've always said is that um, like uh oh are you boy. getting pulled over cops are getting wild put the microphones down 
That'd be Put so the microphones fun. down. That'd be so funny to get pulled over. I mean, like, kind of not funny, but like, kind of. It's never happened before. I've podcasted in the car a few times with Jason, but uh, that'd be we so, don't want to get pulled over. That'd be so great. And I immediately forgot what you were talking about because was, this cop rolled out real you, hard. Yeah, you shit your pants when the cop I did a little bit. Like and you noticed I like, dropped our microphones real fast. <laughs> I oh, like, I didn't. I'm holding it high. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want him to like look in his rearview mirror and see two people talking in microphones, right. which is what's happening. Okay. Uh, so what were you we talking about? Paces of Okay, we're past. We're past. Well, guys. I was talking about um, the rearing of a disabled child. Right. And, yeah. And Advice that you have. Well, this is really interesting. So I'm the youngest of four. Right? right. And I truly believe that if I was the oldest of four, I would not be as successful as I am in life. Right. Because what happens is when you're a, a first child with a disability, you remember what it's like when you have your first kid. You're very yeah. protective and you don't know what is what. Right. But Oh, yeah. You're what, very on top of everything. So then when yeah. you have a disabled child, that is like put under a microscope and you amplify Right, right, right. It. So your tendency is to overprotect and right, over... Right, right. And Especially, you're saying, if it's your first kid. Right, if right. it's your first kid. Which is true, I'm yeah. I'm very fortunate that I'm disabled being the last kid because by the time my parents got to me, right. they're like, ah, fuck it, he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be and fine, yeah, whatever. What, his arm's a little crooked? Yeah, he'll be yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, so I think it's that, It's an advantage. Right, and I feel like so many times people overreact to a disability. Right. Not just like publicly, but like in in the family, you know. Oh, uh, so and so can't do this because of their condition. Yeah, maybe that's true, but you can still offer them the opportunity to try to accomplish things, right? And, and do things. And like I said, by the time my parents got to me, they were just like, "Oh, fuck it." You know? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. I mean, I even joke on stage. My third kid, we're just like, "Oh, we throw it in, the, throw it in the house with the other kids and give it a food dish. It'll be fine." It's true, man. You know? It really is. But yeah, being the fourth kid, and you were and you were born in Africa, so yeah. like were all were all your siblings born in Africa? Mm-mm. No. So it's you're just me. So you're not only the fourth kid, but you're the one that's born in Africa, right? While your parents are working out there, and it's just like whatever. How long did you live in Africa? That time uh, they were there for two years, and I happened along about halfway through that. Yeah. That I definitely was not planned. Yeah, right, right. I don't right. think they were planning on just some, giving some, birth in a some third hot, world country. Some hot African love. Yeah, you know, and uh, I'm, <laughs> you know, I have a very unique story. And, and the truth is, like, when I was born, I I was all, I was almost died, like, day one. Like, yeah. I almost came out dead. And they, they baptized me right in the room, right when I came out, because they thought I would die on, on site. Wow. And then... Uh, I stabilized a little bit, but I still needed more medical attention than yeah. I had. So the second day of my life, I flew from Africa to New York City. Wow. And I didn't have a passport, didn't have anything. My dad said they got me through customs in a basket without even letting They just walked through. And, and they, because t- they, they wanted to take you to get better medical care? Yeah. Wow. So they took me to New York. They said when we landed... I guess uh, there was a TV crew yeah. there, like, waiting to to tell about the story. So I got limelight on day two of my life. <laughs> and, uh, you got your first credit. Yeah, first credit. 
And then I was there for maybe a week and a half, which was really brutal for my mom because yeah. she wasn't able to go with us. Yeah. Because they give her a C-section. And oh, wow. Like, she had to stay in Africa And there's no phones heal. or anything. So, Holy so hell. So for two weeks, she just thought I was dead. Like, wow. Like, can you imagine being a mother that just gave Like, birth? you have no, like, and your dad was just trying to make sure you were okay. And C-sections in Africa are not, like, a little scar. Dude, like, I, mom, oh, God. My mom's scar is, like, from her sternum down, like, all the way. Like, wow. Yeah, my wife's had three C-sections, and I joke about it. And, uh, you know, it's on my last album. Right. And it's. And even the the ones that are you know done all well and nice and they're yeah. hor- horrific, horrific. Right, right. The, an African C section. I was in that improv group in high school actually. Yeah, yeah. African C section. <laughs> Not a pantomime. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. So it's um. Yeah, definitely a very interesting first couple of weeks of my life. Oh know? my god. Um, and then also I don't know. This sounds cheesy, but. Uh, you know, I almost died from the get-go. So I look at, like, every day that I'm alive now, like, oh, this is, like, this is gravy. Sure, yeah. This is, is, I shouldn't even be here, you know? Yeah, it's interesting that, like, uh, I always say a lot of comedians, you know, and early on in my podcast for a while, you know, I was interviewing friends and stuff like you, you know, uh, some of my comedian friends. And it's funny how there's always something that people have gone through or some hardship there's not many comedians that have a story where it's like, nope, my family was great, perfectly normal, right. no hardships. You know, right. it, usually when a comedian says that, they have like, you could, then you find out, you're like, oh, you had 45 siblings. Right. Oh, no wonder why you're a crazy comedian. Right. And you were like number 19 of 20. Right. Uh, but that, man, so having that outlook the whole time, it's just, you know. And then also, I mean, the time that I, you know, was coming up. Right. So, like, disabled folks were not treated very well for a long, long time. Oh, sure. And still not. We're still not giving right. a, a fair shake on things. But, like, I was the first kid to go through Minnesota public schools as a disabled person. Wow. I was actually in special education till the fourth grade. Just because you, because, you walked a little funny. Right. And then... Then the teachers were like, wait a minute, this kid's smarter normal. than everybody yeah. else in the goddamn school. Right, right. That's so crazy. So they let me go into the mainstream. But when you go mainstream from being special ed, you know, there's definitely some uh, adjustment. Right, and, sure. And a lot of times, like, my te- my teachers couldn't understand because they're so old school and set in their ways. They're like, well, he can't do do the stuff that needs to be done and and my mom would go down and be like listen bitch like <laughs> like yeah he can your missionary just, mom he just does it <laughs> differently right than the other kids it's not that he doesn't understand it he just gets to the answer on a different path right 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 so there was a lot of uh my mom going down to the school and wow cussing people out yeah you know? but then i mean well then you talk about then you're just you reach a point i remember we laughed about you would just like you know, and then you'd just be funny in high school. Then yeah. it was just, then it was just like, you turned it into just being funny. Yeah, and I mean, I think I've always had the gift of being funny and being quick on it. But um, the the way I look at it too is like, I guess I really was funny in high school. Yeah. But you don't realize what yeah, you yeah, yeah. are 
when you're like you don't realize when you're a kid you're like whatever this is how i am yeah this is just who i am i know other funny people and it wasn't until college that i was like oh shit i'm funny compared (laughs) to people yeah and everyone laughs and i just like interject like i my timing is what it is it's like yeah i can like you say something there's that pause in there and i'm like yeah, we know. We we know. Yeah, I know. But it's like in a meeting or something. Like I'm not good for. Or when you're sitting with your friend Aaron and he orders something for dinner that might be questionable for my health, <laughs> you you are quick to say something. Well, yeah. That's yeah. Just, no, I that's understand. Just love. Or you just silently draw a pig on the table. You know, things like that. That's yeah. fine. Well. Uh oh, I don't want to get all. I, I was curious about this. Uh, and I don't know. Maybe some parents are thinking this. Were you ever like I, now for? Cerebral palsy, is that hereditary? Nope. It's not. It's just a happenstance, like... It's just a, actually a type of brain injury. Okay. So, basically, when I was born, uh, there's probably a point where I lost oxygen oh. to my brain. Or, okay. And palsy can, I guess, happen up to one year of age. So, like... Say wow. You, say you bump your head or something. Right. Uh, you know, uh, so it's like... Um, um, yeah, that makes sense. Because I, I, I didn't know that, so I was I was just wondering, like, is that something you'd worry your kids would have or something? But it's not. I mean, it's, it's, not it's an injury. Yeah, it's not genetic at all. It totally just, oh, wow. it's just a type of brain injury. So probably due to the fact of being born in Africa and there wasn't the right medical facilities. Right. That's what happened. Wow. So, yeah. Dude, that's fascinating. Well, really, really, really. I, dude, it is. Well, no, I think it is fascinating. The people that don't live through that and don't know that, I mean, I just think, uh, dude, I, it's hard for me to go home to an amazing stay-at-home wife who does almost everything at home. Yeah. And, you know, I can't imagine doing what you're doing and being a single dad and also being disabled. I think it's fascinating. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm perfectly able-bodied. Well, you might disagagree, you son of a bitch. But uh, <laughs> I just bite my tongue. Um, well, it is true. But the other side of it is, this is all that I've ever known. Right. So I don't know what it's like to be able-bodied. I don't know what it's like. I mean, I'm I consider myself pretty damn able-bodied. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I've done lots of things, and I've toured the world, and I've. You know, I used to play on the national Paralympic soccer team. And yeah, let's talk about, like, I mean, you've done a lot of pretty cool things. I mean, uh, you won last comic standing. You uh, were on a Paralympic soccer team. I mean, like, that's, you traveled the world and played soccer. Yeah, I've been to, For America. Yeah, for America. Um, yeah, it's cool getting to represent your country and play a sport that you love. And uh, I just feel like what a weird ride it's been you know and i've done so many things that like nobody will ever do like yeah to reach the level of being able to play on a national team of a sport and i didn't i didn't even really play soccer i mean on a team ever the first team i ever was on was the national team right and that was because when i tried out in junior high for soccer they cut me from the team and you know, I've always said, wow. in my humble opinion, when you're in junior high, nobody should be cut. From right, the team. right, right. Let me come to practice. I mean, all I'm going to do is get better. You kind of uh, do have like a uh, a disabled Michael Jordan story. <laughs> 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 like you, dude, you were cut from your 
your middle school, your junior high soccer team, and then you end up playing in the Olympics. Right. Yeah, so kiss my ass? Right. Well, yeah. and that was the thing. Is like I wanted to go find that coach that cut me and be like, has any one of your players ever reached the level that I've reached? Yeah, right. And you didn't even give me a half a chance. And you know what's interesting about that, too? This is a little extra, little extra, little extraness, a uh, little grown dad extra. It was funny because you always joke around. You do do a joke about how it's funny because when you think about a Paralympic soccer team, it it's not as disabled as you would think. Like, it's like, oh, this guy played for AC Milan and he's blind in one eye now. Yeah. And um, now he plays Paralympic soccer. Like, right. like there well, are some for real. I remember you telling me about some for real athletes. Yeah. Who like played professionally and then like they got in a car accident, right? And now right. they have to play Paralympic soccer, right. like and they're and they're really yeah. fucking good. Yeah, right? they played in like the Champions League, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's players like that. You know? So like you're playing with those guys. I mean, it's pretty for real. Yeah. And I've seen you. I've I've played soccer in alleys behind comedy clubs with you. You're pretty good. Yeah, because you've almost. Uh, broke my nose. You remember that one time Mm-mm. when I was playing keeper between two dumpsters, uh-huh. and uh, I said, "You're going to break my nose," and then you next kicked shot. me in the face with the next shot and almost broke my nose because you love me. You That's what it is. You, know? <laughs> you asked for it. Um, yeah, you know, and uh, it, I really miss playing. I, it was really such an amazing um, stretch of my life where you know not too many people are on a national team for over eight years, dude. Um, and, and uh, you know, travel the world playing a sport. And um, I, I miss it, but, again, kids come along, careers here, you know. Yeah. I just put more energy into sure. being a dad than, than uh, you know, jogging. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, my kids, as much as I want them to play the sport that I love, if they don't, then they don't. Is this two fighter jets flying over? Yep, okay. it sure is. <laughs> All right. This That's is cool. an interesting ride we're on. Well, we're getting into Baltimore, which has a huge naval base. Oh, yeah. See a lot of that. Are they bombing? Are they bombing Baltimore? Yeah, Some of us wish. Probably. Steelers fans out there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. It's, it's, it is interesting that you have that thing where... You know, your kids have seen you overcome things. They've seen you accomplish things. And I can't help but say, I know you say that it's like real life for them. Like, it's just it's just real life for them. That's just what it is. It's what they know. Yeah. But I feel like it's something that, you know, later on your kids could look back and say, like, wow, like my dad. Like, do you think they're going to have your have your kids reach an age? Maybe your your oldest daughter, like, have they reached an age where like, whoa, like our dad's pretty impressive. Like, he's done a lot of things despite kind of some adversity. No, my kids are not fans of mine. Um, <laughs> they don't give a shit. Um, no, I mean, the thing is... One day, one day they'll one be. One day, yeah, I mean, one day... One day they're going to go, whoa, wait, our yeah. dad was like... Wait, what did... Dad did all that shit? Wow, wait. Yeah. And that's... You know, I'm not holding my breath for that moment, but... Right. You know, I believe that one day it'll come, you know, and, and I know... It took me to almost be a, not until I was a parent that I even realized right. all the amazing things that my parents did for me. Oh, absolutely. And, again, the, the best thing that my parents did was just treat me like any other kid in the family. 
Right. And that's that's really the key, though, isn't it? Right. It really it's, is. It's funny. I, I want to bring up one of our friends. He was actually one of my earliest guests on my show, Brad Williams. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> Brad Williams, you might know him as the dwarf stand-up comedian. But uh, he talked a lot about that, how he was just like, no one ever let him think he was different. He was just, they just were like, he said his parents were just like, oh, you want to do that like everyone else? Go do it. Well, that's it. And uh, I've said this in speeches. Like, I didn't even know I was disabled until other people told me Right, that. right. Like, until people go, hey, you can't do that because your, your body doesn't right, let right. you do that. I'm like, well, watch this, right. motherfucker. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, I wonder, do your kids, your kids don't pick up on that? It's just like a, it's such an interesting thing that like, I don't know. They're, I think they're going to reach an age where they're going to be like, you know, well, don't worry. You're going to get vindicated, dad. Yeah, You'll see. I'm not worried about it. You know, again, even if they don't come to that realization. I, uh, cause we're all like, I was just saying, I, I just happened to say something that I was like, oh wait, this is a t-shirt for you, Josh. But like. To a, to a point, like, we're all kind of disabled parents. Oh, yeah. We, like, we're all, we all have our thing where we kind of are not good at things. And, well, you know. Well, in my humble opinion, I think everyone is disabled in their own right. Sure. In their own way, whatever it is. Whether you have a phobia of butterflies <laughs> or you're a Republican or you <laughs> have Down syndrome. Those <laughs> last two are the same. Hey, and, we don't get political on here. But uh, oh, but that wink, was, wink. That was insulting to the yeah, Down no. syndrome people. Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, dude. I love it. I uh, hey, just uh, I appreciate it. This is this is a good little talk, dude. Fin- finally, finally, <laughs> no, finally, uh, we we can podcast when we're not when we're not having a good time at night or doing shows, and uh, we have to force ourselves to pod- we. I appreciate you because I have so much fun on the road with you that you forget that you're, you know, have to go hotel to hotel and travel and all the shitty things that come with comedy. You're one of the people I like working with where I kind of forget it's a job sometimes where we're just like, oh, we're just dudes driving around making people laugh. Yeah, man. I appreciate that, buddy. And I feel like that's the only way you can really uh, have longevity in this thing is not not get worn down by the road and. You know, you can, yeah, you gotta have fun, man. And it's weird because people are like, "Oh, you're a comic, it must be so easy. You just work one hour a night." Oh like, yeah, yeah, bullshit. I work yeah. twenty four hours a day. Yeah, did you hear about that part where Josh is like uh, getting merch ready with his children? Yeah. <laughs> that happens. I had I my kids. I just started. I I was putting together a new piece of merch, and uh, yeah, my kids are helping me organize it, and you know, it's uh, it's an all day job. So when you have somebody like yourself that uh, I can have fun with, I appreciate it, dude. Well, really, got you there. Oh, you sweet little guy. You little chubby little fuck. You son of a bitch. <laughs> um, you know what? Look, you know I lost a lot of weight, and I know I, know. I gained it back, but I'm gonna lose it just for you. I just feel like it's so weird. Like you have lost a lot of weight, and it's I'm really <laughs> impressed. But you'll always be fat to me. You son of a bitch. And you still, um, you still in your phone. Okay, I'm pretty sure I put this in your phone like six, seven years ago. Please. It just says chubby Pittsburgh comic. Chubby guy. Chubby guy from Pittsburgh. Man. And that's uh, how uh, I'll be in your heart forever. And you yeah. will be my, my, little, my little crooked-bodied friend forever. That's who, who, who can bust me and break my nose. Well, the only difference is uh, you can get less fat. Yeah, you can't 
get less palsy. palsy right. No. Right. So <laughs> it's on you, Doug. That's very nice of you. Thank you so much for the encouragement, Josh. Sure. I, I love you with all my heart. <laughs> okay, we'll cry now. Yeah.